Well, hello, hello. You are listening to Above Average, the podcast for big families. I'm Lance Osborne, and I'm here in the flesh. Really? <laughs> with Bobby Earhart. What's you, up, dude? Are you saying you can see me right now? You're here, eye to eye, face to face. That is true. Mono y mano. It is a much different, better experience, I will say that. So if you listen to the show, you may or may not know that most shows, uh, Bobby is at his home base in Spring Hill, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, and I'm in Owensboro, Kentucky, and we do this via Skype, which totally works. It's totally fine, but there's something super cool about being here, again, in person. We are here in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We're enjoying a weekend away away from the kids, which is a big deal in our world. And that's important. Yeah. That, that Maybe we should do a show on that. What the uh, the getaway aspect? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Right. Although I mean that w- that would apply to I guess any any um, any amount of children, whether you're above average, according to our show, or not. Yeah, but just like with anything, it seems like the blessings are multiplied, right? At least from our perspective of when you've got a lot of kids versus just one. Like you're there's more joy. There's also more noise. But I think that probably multiplies the the joy and frankly, the need to get away. Yes, definitely. But it makes it increasingly difficult to get away because we did do a show on childcare, didn't we? Leaving your kids with who you're going to do that with, your family or your friends, babysitters for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Did we do that show? <laughs> I don't know. If we didn't, <laughs> it's another show we're going to do a show. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey. So yeah, we are in Gatlinburg for the weekend. Gatlinburg is down here in the Smoky Mountains. And we're here with, so it's my wife and I, and Bobby and his wife, and two other couples, and we're in this beautiful, can I call it a chalet? I don't know what a chalet is I think so. a cabin, but chalet not, sounds not more sure. expensive. Sounds more fancy. <laughs> or fancier. Fancier. <laughs> so we're hanging out here, and there's nothing big that's going on. We didn't come in for an event or a conference or anything like that. It's just chilling. And it's so what we needed. It's it's some downtime. It's some good food, some good friends, and uh, that's the core of it. But we figured since we were here in person anyway, that it would be a good opportunity to sit down and do one of these face-to-face shows. So that's what's up. That's what we're doing. And at the time of recording right now, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And so Bobby and I have been talking about this idea. We said, we should do a Thanksgiving show. We don't need to talk about turkey or football or Black Friday deals or anything like that. Let's talk about the actual meaning of the word Thanksgiving. Let's talk about giving thanks. We're going to talk kids. about football or Black Friday. Do you want to? No. So best, go to bestbuy.com for Black Friday. <laughs> Cyber Monday is all I care about. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think you and I talked about this a little bit, Bobby. It's almost cliche to do a show about this. Oh yeah. Well, of course we're going to talk about the kids and raising grateful kids and that kind of thing at this time of year. Yeah. At this time of the year. Cause everybody thinks of that this time of year and they don't think about it any other time of year. Right. Well, so let's be real. I mean, all seasons should be like this, right? Yes. You know, we should should have that attitude. We should have a a year round. Yes. Year round feeling. I like that attitude of gratitude. Right, right, right. But I mean, it's, it totally makes sense to talk about it. Otherwise, if we did the show in May, people would be like, Hey, uh, that's should, cool. Why are you talking about Thanksgiving in May? That's kind of yeah. weird, dude. You know what though? You got to capitalize on the spirit of this. You know, I, I once walked into church week before Easter. I walk in, and we're joking around with our pastor, and this is years ago. And I'm um, like, oh yeah, next week mass is going to be so much busier. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to find a parking spot. And I'm kind of like almost complaining a little bit. And he said, "You shouldn't complain." And I said, "Well, come on, Father. You know I'm here every week. Da 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 da. da. Just joking around. I had a great relationship with this with the with the priest." And um, he said, "That's your one time a year to make a difference. 
in those people's lives because you're not going to see them again. And that's how, that's how I approach mm. that as the pastor. And I'm like, whoa, you know, slam me right there. Just choke slam me, right? <laughs> you know, right, right. But he hit, it hit hard. And so I, I'm relating that story to, yeah, this may be cliche to talk about this stuff, to be grateful around Thanksgiving. But the alternative is to not talk about it at all or forget the rest of the year, which is probably what a lot of people do. So let's let's make it real and bring it home big time. Mm-hmm. You know, let's really do, let's really do talk about yeah, it. And, and speaking of being real, this is something that could apply to any size family. You don't have to have a big family to, sure. to, to dwell on this. So we're going to talk about two things. And as we discuss them, we'll talk about the big family element, though. Uh, so whether it's getting your kids out to do something or sitting down to talk with your kids, we all know that this stuff changes a little bit when you've got a bunch of kids that you're dealing with versus just one or two. So the two big parts that we're focusing on today, I would say one, the first part, kind of that attitude of gratitude that I was talking about, that almost mindset of being thankful. And then the second one, let's actually do something. Let's do more than just the mindset. I mean, I think you have to have the mental preparation to actually go do something to realize the impact that you can have on somebody. Yeah. But then once that mindset is there, you can't just be like, okay, well, I'm going to think about you. I'm going to pray about you. No, actually get out and do something physical, actually help the poor or help uh, just people of, of lower means. Sure. So let's go ahead and jump in on the attitude. Yeah. So the big family stuff, I mean, just to go ahead and kick that off, time may be hard to find for doing stuff, especially like in our case, we've got our infant dragging our family out to actually go, you know, serve at the, uh, the, the soup kitchen, the soup kitchen. Yeah, there you go. Taking our five month old is not necessarily most fun thing in the world. It's not the most practical so let's, let's have those discussions, especially if you've got a younger family. It may make sense to really focus on the conversational side instead of the doing side. And then as they grow older, shift that a little bit as you've laid that foundation. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It doesn't mean you don't do it because you, you just write it off immediately. Oh, we've got a five-month-old. We can't. I mean, if you can, great. More power to you. Yeah. But like we always say, we're real on the show. We get it. And we understand that. That may be the reason what, that why you don't to put your five-year-old in a carrier and have to track around with your you know your two-year-old your four-year-old your eight-year-old and your nine-year-old you know that's difficult so we get that too so just to make sure people are hearing that they're not hearing don't do it right right um, right right absolutely yeah so I, I, you just have to frame it right you have to be in the right context come up with some cool things you can do even very local and when i say local it could be even your own home kind of go into that mindset trying to drive the idea of being thankful and i think a big part of that the mindset is helping your kids understand that they have more than others right that's the first step in understanding that you need to be thankful for something is because they can understand that you've got that they have something that others don't right and then they can thank be thankful for that right yeah and to touch on that i would say that is probably independent of your current state of income you need to find something um that's relative to your state, to your financial state, to be able to share with your kids. So if you're making six figures, having that conversation with your kids, you might be talking about somebody who lives in the county over or in a different neighborhood. But if you are not making six figures, if you're making um, just enough money to scrape by on right now, you may have to put that in a different perspective for your kids and talk about somebody maybe in a third world country where they live in a completely different economic state. You've got to do something that's kind of big enough for your kids to understand, oh, these are extreme cases. Right. Our case is very extreme from theirs. Right. Let's talk about, before we kind of share some ideas that we've got and share some of the, the themes that we're talking about today, Bobby, what did you do when you were younger? How did you grow up? Is this something that you grew up, your parents always had these conversations with you, and then you guys were out serving, and you were you were doing mission work at seven? 
Or was this a, you know, like you're now working towards trying to be like this with your family and this is kind of new? We, I don't think we did a whole lot. And I think that's probably because, and this is why this show is really related to Above Average. I think, you know, I grew up in an Above Average family. I was one of six uh, kids. So a family of eight, counting my mom and dad. And I kind of think they felt a little stifled by the size of us to be able to come up and do, like they were, you know, like all of us are sometimes just trying to keep their head above water, you know, keep the house clean, keep the kids fed, what's for dinner, sleep, repeat, all that. And so I, my mom and my parents had a, had the heart to help people. And I think we did together, you know, with our, I guess, internally in our home and had that mindset for, for each other. But as far as like taking them out to a soup kitchen. I know that we're, we keep using that as an example, but you know, doing, doing things, we didn't do a whole lot to be honest. Yeah. And to be honest on my side, that's kind of how we grew up. My parents were very selfless people still are very selfless people, but there weren't these open conversations. And I don't know if that's a generational gap kind of thing. Maybe, you know, my, my dad plays his cards much closer to his best about being affectionate or anything like that. Not saying he's not, he's just, the mentality is different. The mindset is different. Right. So I think maybe that has shifted, at Could least be. in my family. And I'm very open, openly affectionate with my kids and open about talking about this kind of thing. So anyway, I just wanted to give a little bit of background based on our perspectives. But I would say this whole thing, it should probably start in leading by example, maybe. Right. So sharing with your kids. not So before you even have those discussions about those that are less fortunate, just lead by example. You don't have to always say, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing. But have some conversations about the way that you and your spouse give. Talk about what you're doing. Talk about why you put the tithe in the basket at church. Maybe, right. you know, start really basic or why you're putting a few coins in the Salvation Army bucket this year. Explain some of that. Maybe another way that, that you can lead by example is actually listening to this show. So if you're driving around town right now and you're listening to this in the minivan and the kids are just kind of passive listeners. Hi, kids, by the way. You're leading by example. Right. You're saying, I'm, I'm into learning, I'm into self-development, I'm into my, my kids developing, that kind of thing. So way to go. Uh, again, I think you're leading by example in this kind of thing, just by having the conversation. Nice plug there. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> speaking personally, though, so again, i got to bring it real. I'm personally not great at doing the stuff that we're talking about. It's, it's almost like this osmosis kind of thing. I think by you and I having this conversation, especially face-to-face right now, I'm like, I've got to do better at this stuff with my kids. Right. I've got to have these conversations with my kids. This is, this is a kick in the tail. And so hopefully people listening are thinking the same thing too. Oh yeah, I should go back and talk to my husband. I should go back and talk to my wife about this. And then together, let's talk about the kids. Let's find opportunities to have these conversations. Yeah, which is another good reason why I don't care if the show's cliche or not for the timing. Because if, if anything, if it does anything, hopefully for me, just us talking about it, it's going to help. Help us do something more this year than we did last year. Because, you know, it's easy to think about it this time of year, but what are you going to do about it? Um, and when I say do, it doesn't mean you have to go do something, but just even in your own homes, kind of what we're talking about, having that mindset around the house, teaching your kids, you know, to be grateful. Right. So while we're talking about having these conversations, what are we talking about besides, hey, mommy and daddy, we give. Why don't we focus on the conversations about those that are less fortunate than us, whatever your state is. Again, if you're listening to a podcast right now, chances are you've got an iPhone or at the very least a computer or an iPod or something. Think about the people who can't afford that. Even here in the United States or wherever you're listening, you've got people in your community who can't afford that. So already I'd say you're kind of 
maybe above average in just your means that you've got the time or opportunity to sit here and listen to a podcast. But talk about those less fortunate than you, whatever your state is. Uh, just be aware that there are people like us, like Bobby and me. I'm always trying to be more aware that, okay, we have listeners who are doing way, way past where we are income-wise and financial situation and all that. And then we've probably got people who are not at our level for whatever reason. It might be education. It might be the way we were raised or whatever. But just being aware of it is super helpful. But people who are less fortunate, they are people like us, both adults both kids, uh, small families, big families, race, religion, all that stuff. There are people like us that are just trying to, you know, get a couple of meals a day, trying to keep a roof over their heads, trying to keep clothes on their back, trying to look good, trying to do good at, at school or do good at work. They're just like us. Giving the kids the right framework to understand how to be grateful, understand how to be thankful is important. And, and that, I think that's a big piece that plays into it. You know, just letting them know that we're kind of all in this together, if you will. If you think about it, you know, from not to get too spiritual, but just from a whole from a whole world situation, I guess, to help, help the kids kind of see, you know, everything that you have is a blessing. Everything that you have is, is something to be thankful for. And this person either down the street or in the town over or even right next door may not have it. You know, and mm-hmm. just trying to push that, push, push that understanding. Um, you know, that's, that's the first piece of, I think, being grateful, which I, we may have said that a little earlier, but. And as adults, we can almost put a metric on it. We can say, okay, my income level is X and my neighbor's income level is also X. You know, you can kind of say, okay, we're in the same zone. Kids don't do that though. Now they may do it by, oh, uh, so-and-so has the new Air Jordans. So he's loaded versus somebody else bought their shoes at Goodwill. So he's not loaded, right? right? And you know, there might be something like that. You got but I think the cheaper Air Jordans on sale. Bam. The knockoff Air Jordans. Well, or the, or the Air Jordans. I mean, you can find some good stuff at Goodwill. That's what I'm saying. Like Air Jordans? Like Air Jordans. <laughs> Maybe gently used. So you're right in the middle of the pack if you bought your Air Jordans <laughs> at Goodwill. No, you just found a steal. <laughs> and you should sell them on eBay. <laughs> Make that money back. But yeah, the reason I bring up that point is just to have that conversation with your kids saying, okay, the way that you look at your buddies sitting in the the desk next to you at school, be aware that they may be of different means than you. They may not have enough money to make it through the day and, you know, get three meals today. They may not have dinner when they get home. They may, they probably do. But what does that look like? You know, just kind of emphasizing somebody can live near you. They can live in your area, yet they're, they're poor. And they need our attention. They need our love. They need our gratitude. Yeah. Well, and I think there's that we also have to frame it right from the standpoint of what are the kids thankful for? Is it stuff and things? Oh yeah. Because that's that's easy to be grateful for that. Oh, you know, I'm grateful that I have an Xbox One, and my friend only has an Xbox 360, and that poor little guy. You know, I mean. I'm joking, but um, ultimately, to get down to the basics, you really want to try to frame the frame it for your kids to understand, like food, shelter, clothing, transportation. You know that that's when the kids can be like, "Wow, there are people out there that don't have those things." Yeah. And th- then they can really have that that mindset, like, "Okay, wow, I have a lot to be thankful for," and then they can develop the ability to kind of go out and and start to help and do. And just think, always have that, that, that mind frame when they're dealing with others and things like that. I think that just, that's the whole mindset thing, you know, to kind of give them an understanding of the very basic necessities in life. Yeah. You know so I mean? we can have the awareness. We can say, okay, there are people that are like us and they're suffering 
in a different way. But of course, you know, we, we can have that. We can be aware of it. We can even pray for those people, like I mentioned earlier, which I believe there's tremendous value in that. But also maybe discuss the importance of doing something about it, which brings us to our next point. So, you know, talk is cheap. I think talk is important because it lays the foundation, especially with younger children. But then here's the point where we want to say, let's do something. What are we doing? Don't just talk about what mommy and daddy have done. Maybe bring the kids on board. Let's let's get into this. So it's not only Thanksgiving that's around the corner at the time that we're recording this, but as everybody knows, like once Halloween comes, man, Thanksgiving is on the heels of that. Christmas is on the heels of that. New yeah, Year's. I think is I saw some wow. Christmas stuff out before before Halloween candy in some stores this year. It makes me cry. <laughs> it partly makes me cry, but then part of part of me is like, yeah, I love Christmas. Yeah, I like Christmas too. But I really, truly, really actually love Christmas, like the reason for the season, Christmas, and, and Thanksgiving. All of it, it just culminates. Not about, And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about all the gifts and the fanfare and all that stuff. That's fun, but I really, really, truly do, do love Christmas. Well, I think the reason that it grates on my nerves a little bit is because it reinforces the consumeristic I aspect. Know. It does. And it... It kind of dilutes it. So when you're celebrating Christmas over four months. I get that. I work really hard to put up a lot of Christmas lights. And your display is amazing. And I like them to be on for more than two weeks. I get that. So, uh, no, I'm just joking. But if you turn them on at Halloween. I'm just going to start turning them on in July, right? So, no, I'm joking. Just don't take them down. (laughs) I do know people that do that. The perpetual display at the Earhart House. Anyway. So, yeah, let's go there. Let's talk about actually helping the less fortunate. There's the basics. Let's talk about the financial stuff. You know, you give at church. I mentioned earlier. um, Do something to include your kids giving uh, in the church basket. And this is an all-year-round thing. This doesn't have to just be around Christmas time. But since you're having these conversations, or you might be having these conversations around Thanksgiving anyway, now may be a good time to get your kids used to putting the check in the envelope. And I know there's probably a huge variety of opinions on something like this, if there's any value in the kid actually putting the check in the basket, if it's not their money. Are we teaching them to spend other people's money, even if it's giving other people's money? I mean, you're, it depends on what age. You could be splitting hairs yeah. with that stuff. I mean, yeah, if they're 12, maybe. Sure. You know, when, or even way younger, they could be starting to have commissions on some chores, making a little money at the house, stuff like that. But But I I think it's just the act of, okay, you've laid this foundation of why it's important to give. Now we're going to bring you in on the giving, even if you're just physically putting the tithe check in the basket, the mindset thing. And I'm not, I'm not trying to go backwards, but that's an all the time thing at the, that's a, that is a, a frame of mind. That is a state of being that we're always training our kids all the time at the house, in the car all the time. But now we're kind of talking about doing things, Hey, it's Lance. Please forgive the interruption, but I've got a short story to tell you. Bobby and I actually recorded the show that you're listening to right now twice. The first attempt, it just didn't record correctly at all, so we decided to scrap it and try again. And now you're listening to the second go at it, and unfortunately, you're about to hear some glitches that we just couldn't repair with editing. I don't think it makes the show unlistenable, but I wanted you to know that we're aware of the problems. Even 30 episodes into making this show, tech problems still come up from time to time. Normally, I'd find a better solution for all this, but after two attempts on this topic, it's time to get this one out there and move on. So again, sorry for the problems. We'll do better next time. Now, back to the show. St. Philip, the church that I used to attend, and you still go to St. Philip in Franklin, Tennessee, they do a Christmas basket program that is pretty darn epic. It pretty, is. Pretty amazing. The entire parish gets on board and... 
assembles. I mean, like it's it's a whole week long process, right? Where they take the donations for a little while and they ask for very specific things. And by the way, this can't be a rare thing. No, I'm uh, sure churches are families included, and everybody stuffs the baskets and wraps the baskets, and then there comes delivery day. I I love the idea of giving stuff that goes out overseas because God bless those people. They need the love and they need to hit the people in your local community, the people who could actually come darken the doors of your own church. I'm sure there's churches and organizations that do this. And if you're listening, you know, you know, that kind of relates to our show is you get to you, they, the church invites all the kids, bring all the family and you put the kids to work while they're sifting through and organizing and categorizing all those toys and all the gifts. And then on that Saturday morning where it all culminates to where it's a food giveaway and you actually drive to these houses where you meet the people that you are giving the food to. And it's still boots on the ground. It really is. It's cool. The kids are with you. The one kid may be carrying uh, some food, some eggs, and then the other kid you give. Well, I don't know if you'd give the kids eggs, but <laughs> that's going to be messy. Don't do that around hell. Anyway, well, you, you know, you, just, you get to see their eyes light yeah, up, and they get to be like, yeah. you know, wow, and, and maybe praying for them. And just, I don't know, that to me... You know that's a that's Christmas. You know, and that's that's what that's that's what I get excited about before Halloween. <laughs> yeah. So the takeaway there: find something in your local community where you can bring the kids on. Like, yeah, your three-year-old can get in, involved in something like that. They're in the car seat and they're going with you, right? And then William's getting out and being held by Catherine, and I'm carrying a box of something, and, and all the other kids have something. Absolutely, everybody. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, something else that you can do. Have you heard of Operation Christmas Child? I've heard of it, but I couldn't speak to it. Okay, Samaritan's Purse, which is a major, major organization. It's a huge deal. But this is one of their their biggest things that they do around Christmas time, especially. You pack a shoebox, and it's just a shoebox that you've got in your closet. You don't have to go get a special box from the post office or from the church or whatever. Just go get a random shoebox and find, like, a highlight toy maybe a football. I think they recommend on their website getting a soccer ball and including the pump, like deflating the ball, including the pump and everything. And then fill the rest of it with maybe hygiene products. Take it to a local church or another organization that's kind of batching the stuff. And then they actually do send the stuff to a faraway place. And I think you can register your box and almost get a barcode for it or something like that. So you can find out exactly where it's going. Because I'm sure you don't know if it's going to Guatemala or Rwanda or whatever you just know it's going to some somewhere where they need it sure. but if you pay extra and I think you know it's it's a really minimal donation you can track the box and watch where it's going which would be super fun so you get your kids involved on the front end then you get to track this so it's not just a one-time event hey on a Thursday night let's pack the box and give it to somebody yeah it's kind of got the payoff effect that you were talking about with delivering the basket yeah. it's not quite the same it's not like you're watching a live stream of you know whoever in Rwanda opening your box but it's right. the idea that you're doing something and it's the process of you were involved on the front end now you get there could be someone listening even I'm kind of thinking giving is not about being noticed or being watched or being seen, you know, uh, the, the giver that gives anonymously or whatever is, is almost, I don't know, a a greater blessing or whatever. And I get that. If anybody's thinking that, you know, we're just, we're only giving these examples of things that you can actually feel and touch and, and kind of, um, I guess, watch the result. I think that it's important that we note that that stuff's important for the kids. And that's why it relates to our show, to this particular. Absolutely. Right? The sensory stuff is how these kids will really get to understand it and then develop that ability as they become adults to be able to just know that you helped somebody or do these things without 
expecting something in return. And if that return is being able to watch their eyes light up, then maybe you got to think of if that's the reason why you're giving it might be a little off. But if you're doing that so that your kids can feel it, touch it, see it, then you're building something there for that's going to be you know lasting. Yeah, yeah, great point. Into because truth be told, if you're an adult and whether or not you've got a bunch of kids or whatever is kind of beside the fact that if you stroke a $100 check that you sent to an organization, that's probably much better received and will go to actually creating more change and more help than maybe $100 worth of whatever. You right. know, that, that money is always appreciated by our organizations. But like you said, it doesn't have the physical, the tangibility for the kids. And right. that's, that's where we're going. So she had this idea a few years ago to write a bunch of these letters and she and the kids walked around the neighborhood and kind of taped them on mailboxes and the letter was just saying that we are planning to give away blankets and coats uh you know warm uh, clothing items to the poor and if you'd like to donate just come by our house and we left our neighborhood ad- our address and in our neighborhood so people kind of knew where we were they knew the street name and we would leave like a bin you know, like a tote bin on, on our front porch. And so we, she would take the, attack those on the mailboxes. And then within, over the course of maybe a week or two, people gave like you would not believe. <laughs> and it, I, I think it was really just that they needed the invitation. They needed, and this is where that see, feel, touch thing comes in. I think they wanted to give because they physically received an invitation and they physically got to touch the coat or the blanket that mm-hmm. they physically put into this box. And so I think a lot of that is really important. Anyway, we would collect the stuff. We'd get more than we could handle. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then sometime early in January, we just go down and just on our own, like no, there's no, we're not running this to an organization or anything. It's have some, some throwaway cups and we would just kind of drive down downtown and find somebody that looked like they last night or they're not going to have one tonight. And, uh, you know, we would do it in kind of the middle of the, and, and um, you know, but this was a cool idea that she had. And we did this, we pack all these blankets in the back of our minivan <laughs> to where I can't see out the back, back window. And we just find people and we pop open the doors uh, I, and I kind of approach them as the, the dad, as the man first and kind of just come up gently and make sure there's nothing crazy. And typically there's not, there never has been. And, uh, then, you know, some of my older kids may jump out with me and come and say hello and run up with some hot chocolate and some little snacks and stuff. And they're, lo- I mean, just seeing my own kids eyes light up in that moment and the other, the people who are, that we're giving to are so grateful and so kind. So anyway, that that's the story. I mean, that's something that we've done every year. Thanks to her, it was her idea. Your neighbors came out, and they gave you more than you needed, right? More than you expected. More than we could handle. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's because they got asked. Yeah. And so that tells me that when, when I'm with my kids, when I'm having these discussions, I'm passing that along to them. Hey, just by having this discussion with somebody, just by talking about it and inviting them to help you, or inviting them to just get involved at their local church or whatever, that they're much more likely to take that action once they've been invited. Once that invitation has been extended, then it makes so much more sense for them to jump in. I tried to explain that story like I just did, and it kind of made me look forward to it already. Yeah. You know, and it is a really cool experience, I guess, when you're out there with your kids and they're hand-to-hand, if you will, helping somebody um, it really sets that tone. The thing that you're working on, that whole mindset, that frame of mind, the thing that we talked about at the beginning of the show, 
that all is manifested at that point. It all kind of clicks and they get it, you know, now that's why it's important to do this, you know, over and over and over again, because by spring they may have forgotten, (laughs) you know? So uh, maybe we should rerun this show later in the year, like in the middle of the summer. Right. So people realize that, Hey, we don't have to wait till Thanksgiving. Or yeah, Christmas. and it doesn't have to be blankets. It can be a ton of bottled water that you're passing out. And the there July heat or the substantial increase of giving around Thanksgiving or Christmas would be the soup kitchen. We talked a second ago right, about how that's yeah. kind of a cliche. And that's something that I'm looking at my family going, we can't do that now. Not the way that I would want to. Not with the infant. Not with a three and the four-year-old. That They wouldn't get it. So I, I don't think there would be a lot of value for them on the receiving end, nor on the giving end, they'd kind of be in the way or whatever. So maybe here's a challenge to the older families, because I know we have people who listen to the show that instead of their, their kids ranging from zero to eight, like my family and like Bobby's family, the kids maybe range from five to 13, or they skew a little bit older. I think at some point your kids can start getting really involved. How cool would it be if your big family kind of overtook the soup kitchen, whether it's around Thanksgiving time or around July, it doesn't really matter, but you can have a kid cooking, you can have a kid serving, you can have a kid cleaning, you can have another kid doing whatever greeting. So anyway, if, if you're able to do that, if you've got a, a slightly older above animal challenge from a random dude hosting a podcast, but it's something that I'm unable to do with my family right now and not making an excuse, just being real. Yeah, it's just less, much less practical. And the, anybody that can, that's listening can, can say, Oh yeah, we get it. Either we're in that same boat or we're the family that we're talking to and saying, go do this for us. And they're, they'll probably thinking, Oh yeah, I remember I that would have been very difficult 10 mm-hmm. years ago or five years ago yeah. when, when my oldest who's 13 now was six, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So yeah. at any rate, um, and there's an ind- call to action, right? Right. And there's an indirect uh, benefit, I think of the big family stuff too, because so many people look at people with big families as, Oh, those poor people. Don't let your big family be a burden. If you can do something like this, let helpers. And you can all be on the same page to actually be the agent of change. Do some good. You know, some people may have the mindset out there that are, um, they think, think maybe we take up too much, too many resources or our footprint is too much mm-hmm. for the planet or whatever it is. Well, this is a good opportunity to go show them, guess what we can do with this many people? Well, you know, how much can we accomplish we can accomplish so much more, you know, when we're together and when we're bringing the love of our family there and we're bringing, you know, just all of that's magnified. As much as the noise is magnified and the craziness is magnified, the love can be magnified and, and, and the service can, the be, service magnified. can yeah. be magnified, right? Yeah. So. Nice, man. Nice. Great closing point. Hey, this has been episode 30 of Above Average. If you would like to see the show notes for this, you can go to aboveaverageshow.com slash three zero. Episode 30, dude. This is episode 30. 30. That's awesome. Again, aboveaverageshow.com slash three zero. Please let us know what you think about this. You can email us. You can find all that contact information there at aboveaverageshow.com as well. Can I say aboveaverageshow.com one more time in this plug? Aboveaverageshow.com. Okay. I can't, but Bobby can. And that's all we got. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being above average. We'll see you all next time.